Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. I've got a powerful word to preach to you. Found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 10. And so we'll read that here in just a moment. I've been apprehended by the Spirit thinking about the end. The end. The end of all things is at hand. He said, when is it going to end? Well, no man knows the times, but, but we do see even as a red in the morning, you know, you say, sailor, take warning. We do see the signs. Red at night, sailor's delight. Anybody ever heard about that? You, you can determine clouds gathering when there's going to be a rainstorm. There's signs, wars, rumors of war. So I've been thinking about the end. I've been thinking about the catching away. And then this class that Minister Barry's been doing on Tuesday and Thursdays, packed with people, and we're going to have to start another one. It's a book of Revelation, and he's got a real gift to teach real passion to teach the book of Revelation, and you want to find out more about that, you can just put comments in Facebook there on YouTube, and we'll follow up with you. You can go to the, the app and see if you can be a part of the next one that comes up, and we'll see if we can't get you in there. It's been in demand. And so we've been talking about the book of Revelation at my house, and my wife was so stirred last night as I was passing out, she was preaching to me about the seals and, and the judgments and the, the power of God and the Antichrist. And, and uh, I think she started to notice that I wasn't giving too many amens. She said, are, are you listening? I was like, oh, yeah. She said, do you want me to stop? I said, no, there's no better way to fall asleep than listen to somebody preaching to you out of the book of Revelation. First Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'm going to read from the New International Version. Here we go, verse 10. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay a, any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. You'll notice that day is capitalized. That's the day. The great day of the Lord will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what was built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it's burnt up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Verse 16, final verse. Do you know? Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells 
in your midst. Father, I pray that you would move with great power as I preach, that you would illuminate our hearts to know the hour in which we live and the importance of our life. Literally every single moment counts. That every moment we have, this moment, which we will never have again, where we're here in a parking lot in the midst of a global pandemic, not able to gather as we have before. On this day in April, we ask that you would speak with clarity, that you would write upon our hearts with your very finger, and that by that we would be changed. In Jesus' name. I want you to know that if you're under the sound of my voice, you're in the right place. And you might be in your home or on your porch hearing what I'm saying right now. It's no accident. It's no accident that we're coming into your living room perhaps through 16.10 a.m. It's no accident that you're here hearing what you're about to hear. And some are irritated that I'm outside on a scissor lift preaching so that hundreds of homes can hear as it echoes through the valley. But it's all within our legal right and limit, and we're certainly not doing it to irritate you. But I am grateful that you get to hear this message tonight. And maybe you're being force-fed. I, years ago, had a 1964 Pontiac Le Mans. And my Pontiac Le Mans was a beautiful car. It, it, was a, it was a straight six. I wish it was the big V8. It was a straight six, red interior, chrome all over. It was like a hardtop convertible. It was my very first car. And I used to drive around Manhattan where I lived to look for parking on the Upper East Side. And literally, I would spend sometimes two and a half to three hours looking for a parking spot in anywhere between a 15-block radius of where I lived. That's how hard it was to find parking. And I learned all kinds of tricks like with standard cars, you know, stick shifts. A lot of people don't have those. Many people don't leave their cars in gear, and so I learned that with that big chrome bumper, I could gently push it up against one of those cars and just back it up just a little bit to make room for my big Pontiac. And I've almost gotten in fistfights. I wasn't saved back then, fistfights over parking spaces. I've seen all kinds of stuff, but I will never forget driving that Pontiac for hours and hours, and the only thing I could get on my AM radio, because in 64, they didn't have FM. They only had AM. And I only had two nickels to rub together, so I didn't have, you know, the, the Blaupunk stereo system in my car. I just had the regular 1964 AM station, and I could only get one station. And that one station was some Pentecostal preacher they preached to me. For, it went from message to message, and I thought, man, shut up. But I was so bored, I would turn it off, and I'd be like, 
Man, he was saying something kind of interesting. And I turned it back on, and I heard the gospel preached to me. I, I think I went through two different services, and I heard these messages burning, and it just affected me. I was force-fed like some of you tonight. But this is a powerful revelation that honestly is not taught. It's not taught in most places. You say, why not? Well, it's, uh, it's confronting. It's intense. There is judgments that will come. Let me list them for you. There are eternal judgments. First of all, Hebrews 9.27 is appointed for man to die once. After that, the judgment. In John 12 and 31, now judgment of this world, the ruler of this world will be cast out. And in verse 32, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. There is the, the judgment of the believers, also called the Bema seat. That's where you and I, I'm a believer. If you're not a believer, you can remedy that later here on in the service. But if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your sins are forgiven. They've been paid for. You're, you're been made new. They're thrown as far as the east is from the west. You're a new creature in Christ. You can hold your head high knowing that your sins are forgiven and that you have righteousness that's been imputed to you and that you are born again and you're on your way to heaven. Can you say hallelujah? But you will also stand before the Lord in judgment as a believer. What? Yeah. Yeah. Newsflash. And you'll receive rewards. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. You'll receive rewards, but also you can suffer loss. So there's the, these eternal judgments. One, the eternal, the judgment of the believers. There's a judgment of of Gentile nations. And you'll see that in Matthew chapter 25. The third judgment is the judgment of Israel. National Israel will be judged. That's Daniel 9, 24 to 27, and the book of Revelation chapter 20. There's a judgment of the dead. Revelation chapter 20 Verses 11 through 14. And then there's a judgment of Satan and his fallen angels. And you'll see that in Isaiah 24 as well as in Ezekiel. But you'll also see 2 Peter chapter 2 and 4. So let me ask you this question. Pardon me, 2 Peter, 2 Peter 2, 4. Let me ask you this question. Because it says in Revelation that if your name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life, then you will find yourself in the lake of fire. Are you, are you preaching hell tonight? Yes, I am. <laughs> are you one of those hellfire churches? Uh-huh, yeah. I don't know how you actually would call yourself a church and not talk about hell. You, you have to talk about hell. Now, that's not the main focus tonight. The main focus is actually you're going to be judged <laughs> as a believer. Come on, let's just take a praise break. I know it's feeling a little uptight inside your vehicle right now. Ah, thank you. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? We're not saved by works, yet we must live holy and do them. Let me say that again. You're not saved by works, but you still must live holy and do works. When you believe on the Lord Jesus and you have genuine faith, you'll actually do something as a result of that. James talks about that. 
In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me, this freaks me out. Listen close. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. They did religious things, even religious things that had power, even in his name. And yet, he says, depart from me. In other words, you don't get to stay in heaven. You might have done the works, but you don't get to stay. Isn't that right, Pastor Vince? That's, is that terrify you? Does that, does, that, does that bring some sobriety to you? Say, so I, I don't prophesy. Okay, well, you can, but the point is, even if you do, you better know him. They did religious things but didn't make it to heaven. They knew the power of the Lord, but they themselves were not committed to the Lord. That's, that's incredible. God honors faith. God honors his word. God honors his name. That's why a charlatan who says, who preaches Jesus and might even have large meetings, cast out devils and heal the sick, that's why somebody like that can still go to hell. That's crazy. Does that happen? Apparently, according to the words of Jesus here in red, Let's look at Luke chapter 13, verse 26. Then you'll begin to say, we, we ate, we drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you, where you are from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. And there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets of the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. Wow. Pretty intense. Let's look at this text. It's talking specifically, verse 15, about the judgment of the believers. And that if it's burned up, it says, verse 15, the builder will suffer loss, yet will be saved, even though as one escaping through the flames. The people he's talking to are believers, you understand. And so I want to ask you, are you prepared for that day? I don't know, are you? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more aware and prepared after studying it. That's why you look at the Word and you go, man, where am I at now? Where, how am I doing? Let me, let me examine my life for a second. Oh, God. Your works matter, verse 13. Let me say that again. Because a lot of people think, well, it's all by grace, so it's not works. Yeah, that's true. But your works matter. Your works matter. Verse 13, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light and it will be revealed with fire. It will be revealed with what? With fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's works. As our former vice president and presidential Democratic candidate says, words matter. How many of you know not only your works matter, your words matter? Words matter. What do you mean? I mean, when you're speaking, it means something. 
So, so you say, well, excuse my French. No. <laughs> it's not French. Your words matter. The literally, I mean, you're saved by, your, by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Your words aren't just syllables that you're just spitting out, just some sounds to communicate ideas. Words have power to justify, and words have power to condemn. God spoke his word and made light, made the universe and all that's in it. Your words have power. And not only your words, but your deeds, Romans 2 and 6, who will render each one according to his deeds. That's, that's your works, what you do. Matthew 16, 27, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward, listen closely, each person according to what he has done. But pastor, I'm, I'm not doing anything for the Lord. That's exactly why I'm preaching to you right now. Because you're going to stand, as will I, as will all of us, to give account for our words and our deeds. Revelation 20, verse 12, I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done. According to what they had done. The dead were judged according. Let me say it again if you can't hear me. I know there's an echo out there, out there, out there. The dead, the dead, the dead. Were judged, were judged, were judged. According to what they had done, done. Let's have a praise break. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hey! Wow. That's intense. Let me ask you, in your life, have you furthered God's kingdom, or are you building your own? Everything will be tested by fire. Your works will be exposed, verse 13. Now, this Greek word, exposed or revealed, this Greek word, which I'm not going to attempt to pronounce, this Greek word is like revealed. It's like pulling the curtains back so you can see what's outside the windows. It's, it's pulling the covers back and all of a sudden revealing you know, anybody remember in the 1950s when they came out with a new car, you know, they'd have the car show, and there was no magazines, and there was no emails, and there was none of that, and the car was covered, and people came to the car show at Detroit, and, you know, there they were, and this year's brand new Ford, drum roll, and they'd pull the thing back, and they would reveal the brand new model Ford. That's what it is. That literally there's going to be a revelation of what you've done with your whole life in that moment. You see, this is so important because it literally makes every moment of your life, every second that you're breathing, worth something. When you turn the other cheek, the Lord saw it. When you, when you paid back that debt, he saw it. When you went the extra mile, the Lord saw it. When you, when, you, when you fed people, helped people, clothed them, as many as you've done, the least of these you've done unto me, the Lord saw it, and he'll reward you. 
or you will suffer loss. He will pull back and bring revelation. Oh, you might be able to fool somebody today, but you cannot manipulate the Son of God. You cannot manipulate God. And on that day, he will pull back the curtains. The Apostle Paul said fire will pull those curtains apart to give a real clear picture of what you've done. I don't know if you've ever seen gold purified or maybe you've melted lead. You know what dross is? It's the waste that's on the top. Our lives are going to be judged. I mean, that's, that's intense. Our motives are going to be seen. Again, verse 13. Tested by fire. This word here, tried or tested, I will try to pronounce this. Dokizadzo, which means test or to scrutinize. The word is used to describe the testing of metal or other materials to see if they'd stand up under pressure. I, I guarantee you, my little scissor lift right here, my scissor lift has been tested. They told me it was tested. It's got a stamp on it. And I trust this scissor lift. I know it's been tested. I know it's got a guarantee. And I know it has a warranty. I know that actually, <laughs> how high does this thing go? 34 feet. Dang. Well, for the sake of preaching, that's high enough. It's been tested. This thing has been tested. It's not made with some flimsy material that hasn't been used before. It's certified. Isn't that right? Give him praise. <laughs> Listen. When the Lord comes with fire on the day, the great day of the judgment seat of the believer, your life is going to be tested by fire and examined, scrutinized. That's a quite a thought. I'm so glad that this scissor lift has been tested. Hallelujah. Yeah, okay. That's about enough of that. Moving on. Have you taken time in your life to, to serve the Lord? What are you doing right now? I mean, so many are in their homes. So many are, are you know, they're quarantined. What have you been doing with your time? How many, how many movies can you watch for God's sake? Have you reached out? Have you called people on your phone? Have you reached out to people? What are you doing with your time? Did you take advantage of the time that was given you? We all have time that's been granted to us. We don't know how much time. Hebrews 9, 27, it is appointed for men to die once. Appointed. It's a picture of being chosen for a particular piece of time. We are living in a time of history. That is unprecedented. View your life. 
View your life understanding that there is a beginning, you were born, and there's an end, and then the judgment. View your life that way. When you wake up and you want to just do your own thing, when you push yourself away from the thing that you've been indulging yourself with, your secret sin, the Lord sees it, and he'll reward you. And you know what I love is you're not going to be judged according to the gifts and the talents of somebody else. You're going to be judged by the gifts and the talents that he gave you. And you and I, we've got different gifts and talents. Use them. Don't measure yourself based upon somebody else's gifts. That's a painful life. I've done that. I've done that. You'll be judged by what you were given. And how well you used it. Luke 19 and 12, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. We're all given time. We're all given gifts and talents. Use the gifts and talents that God has given you. You won't be responsible for the gifts and talents God's given me. I'll stand before him for those. You stand him before what he's given you. And what I found this, what I found is that if we'll just be faithful and we'll be loyal, then God will, God will give us and increase our talents. You could be brain dead, but if you're faithful and loyal to the Lord, I believe he'll give you brains. I, I stand as a testament of that. What did you do with the gifts that he gave you? What about the opportunities that you were given? Did you do the will of God or did you do the world's view? Did you, did you do the will of God and what God defines as, as success or you, did you follow after the world to define your life by the world's success? You know, it's a sobering thing. To be at a time when scientists can't solve the problem, economists are freaking out, nations are on lockdown, people are dying, Listen, this is not the last pandemic. Y'all know that? Y'all know this is not the last time this kind of thing is going to happen. There's going to come, there's, there's more wars. I mean, I don't know if you saw about the, the Iranian boats and there's tensions in Israel. I mean, we've got some things to walk out. I don't believe this is the end. I believe what the Lord spoke to me on that Wednesday night just a week ago, that there's coming a great move of the Spirit of God. If the hand of God is going to wipe this thing out and the fire of the Holy Spirit's going to fall and the church of the living God is going to preach, pray, and prophesy and we're going to see people saved like never before. A great outpouring. Our building will be finished. We'll fill it many times over and then the end will come. You say, when is the end? I don't know. I just know that I'm in my end. All of us have one moment, and then our end will come. And the older I get, the more I realize that time goes by ever so fast. And God will reward us, but some will suffer loss. I don't want to suffer loss. Did you do the will of God, or are you doing the will of the, of, of the enemy or the world? How did you judge others? Think about that. How are you judging other people? God is speaking to us very simply tonight. Make your life count. Make your life count. Gosh, I wish I'd gotten a hold of this when I was a young man. Well, I'm still a young man. 
But, you know, I'm not 18. I'm not 17. I may feel like it at times. I may even act like it at times. But I'm in my 50s. Now I'm planning to go for 120. But ask yourself, is your life counting right now? Or are you just spinning your wheels? Are you making your life count? You say, Pastor, this is like kind of convicting. I know. That's why you come here, to get meat, to get the words. Why? You know what the meat of the word is? Somebody said, no, I, I just am not getting any meat. You know what the meat of the word is? It's that which when you, when you receive the meat of the word, it challenges you, it puts its finger on those places in your life that are need to change, and it comes with love and blessing and power so that you can become more like Christ. You don't want to go to a church that has some smooth need, apathetic little lecture on leadership. I'm all into leadership. I'm all into lectures and training and instruction. But I'm also into the word that comes to convict me, to say, don't waste. Listen, I'd rather be offended right now than stand before the throne of God and be offended then. I'd rather be convicted right now with God telling me, hey, write the book, son. I told you to write the book. I Do what I told you to do instead of later on suffering loss. They say there's no tears in heaven. I think God is the one that will weep the tears. As he looks, to say, if you, if you just embraced me, if you just broken away from that unequally yoked situation, if you had just tried, didn't you know that I would help you? That's a quote that comes from Dr. Morocco's life that I've really made my own. And all that have been a part of Kings for any length of time, for, for, for any long period of time would have heard it. And maybe you'll hear it for the first time as I, as I come to a close. Dr. Morocco had a dream or a vision. I don't know which one it was. And it's in a numerous of his books. It's in numerous books of his. And in the dream, he's before the judgment seat. He's before the Bema seat. And the Lord says to him, son, what happened? Can you imagine hearing that? Can you imagine being at the end of your life, you're before the judgment seat, and the Lord says, well, welcome. What happened? Uh, uh. And so he says to the Lord in this vision dream, he says, I, I didn't have the money. I didn't have the people. I know you wanted me to plant all these churches, but, but I just, I didn't have what I needed. And the Lord says to him, son, didn't you know I would help you if you had only tried? And if you know this man, my pastor, he is driven by something that's other than 
It's not success-driven, world success. It's not, he's not driven by money. He's not, he's not driven by fame. He could care less. I mean, we have to help him not to wear a wrinkled suit. He could care less about his Louis Vuitton bag that he didn't even know what it was when somebody gave it to him. He could care less about a Rolex. He could care less about a nice car. He does not care about anything like that. He cares about one thing. And that one thing is focused to when he's before the Lord of all the earth on that great day that he's done what God commanded him to do. And that, that, and that command to do that God has given him is also to prepare a great army of pastors and leaders and apostles throughout the earth that'll stand to do the same thing, to give their all, living for another age. Not this age, the age that's to come that it would examine our life in the light of eternity, that would examine our hearts, our actions, our motives, in light of standing before the God of all the earth to give an account. Not by how big your stinking credit score is or what kind of car you're driving. Do you look at your life that way? Do you, Pastor Daniel? I sometimes lose sight. I sometimes lose sight, but today, I'm seeing clearly. Like scales falling from the eyes of Paul. I feel like scales are being lifted right now all across this place. I feel like I can see it even. Scales that are just being lifted. People's eyes are being opened. Some of you will only be alive for another year. What? Yeah. Some of you will only be alive for another year. If this was the last year of your life, how would you live it? What would you do? What would you say? How would you live? How would you give? How would you pray? If this was your last moment, if you just had six months, what would you do? You say, well, I got a bucket list. Well, you better get using it. You better get doing it. And make sure your bucket list is that which is going to count for eternity, not get smoked in the fire. You do weep suffer loss what is it to suffer loss and still be saved you're still in heaven but you suffer loss I don't know open your eyes to the truth of God's word and give yourself give yourself fully See the, the seriousness of the hour in which we're in. The day of the Lord is coming. 
We are speeding towards the close. We stand on the precipice of the close of all time where men will run and hide their faces if it were possible. We stand on the close of all time where we rolled up like a scroll and Jesus will return splitting the eastern sky. The trumpet will sound and the twinkling of an eye and we'll be caught up with him in the air to be forever in glory, to serve in the millennial reign. We're coming to an end. Where are you? What are you doing? Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Awake! Awake, oh sleeper! Awake! Awake, oh sleeper! Rise and shine for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Stand upon your feet, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Lift your heads, all ye gates, all you everlasting doors. For the King of glory comes in. Who is the King of glory? Oh, the King of glory comes. The Lord Almighty comes with thousands upon thousands of innumerable. He's coming with his angels. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. Come on, sing. Worship him all across this place. We will shine.
triumph. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can get back in your cars if you want to. I don't want you to catch a chill. <laughs> Come on. Somebody say praise the Lord. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hey. 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 Yes, God. Yes, God. We give you our lives afresh. Come on, recommit. I'm recommitting my life tonight. <laughs> I recommit God again. I just say again, afresh and anew. I will serve you. Won't you tell him? If it's a recommitment for you because you drifted, I haven't drifted, but I'm going to go another level of fire. I'm going to go another level of passion. I'm going to go another level of discipleship. I'm going to go harder after God than I ever have before. Now is the time, and I'm recommitting to that. I've been living right for God, but I'm going to go another level. Oh, come on, somebody say amen. And if you've not been living for him, you make a decision to live for him. If you've never given your heart to Jesus for the love of God, for the sake of what he's done, give your life to him today. Those online, those here. Say, that's me. Good. Pray this. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I give you my life tonight, afresh and anew. I thank you that you died on a cross and rose again from the grave. I receive the payment for my sin. Your blood shed for me and your resurrection power at work in me even now. Come into my life afresh and anew. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come right now. Release your power. Release your power over every boy, every girl, every man, woman, and child. And God, I ask that you, through this word, would put an eternal seed to make us ever aware and conscious of every minute of every day that we would not waste time, that we would not dilly-dally with idols and idolatry. We would not be superficial, lukewarm, self-serving believers. We would be filled with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead even now. And that power that works so mightily in you to raise you up on the third day would work in us to perform, to perfect, to will and act according to your good purpose to make us more like you. Tear down every stronghold. Release revelation to us and use us in the highways and byways. I speak to the great Northland. I prophesy a revival in Alaska. Again, I prophesy and declare a great awakening in the Northland. Sweep across this place and use us. Use your body. Use your church. A church that's awake. A woke church. <laughs> a woke church. Oh, God, that we would be awake, not asleep in the arms of the enemy. We would be awake, filled with fiery passion, zeal, 
to do what you've called us to do with the time and the talent that you've gave, given us individually and then corporately together as the temple of God, the Nios, the dwelling place of God by the Spirit. I pray a release of demonstration and power, signs, wonders, and miracles through your people to testify of the truth of this message and that we would not waste one more day of our lives as we look with anticipation for your soon return. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, 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 glory, 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 glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. If I just wish I had a video camera up here to see all of you standing outside your car saying, I'm going to stand on the earth and declare. Come on, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And you're going to stand on the earth and declare. It's a beautiful thing. I'll never forget it as long as I live. The greatest days are ahead, people. The greatest days are ahead. And he's placed you in it to bring it to pass. Work with all your heart, with all your might, with the joy of the Lord, the power of his spirit to fulfill the purpose that he's placed you. Every single one has a divine assignment. And together, corporately, we'll fulfill it and see a great outpouring, and then the end will come. Can you say hallelujah? Oh, glory to God. We do have uh, provision and groceries if you need that. If you need any help, call 907-357-2065. We've got teams that are going to line up at the exit right there and just pray over you. If you need prayer for healing or anything, you, know, you can kind of pull off a little bit there and, and we can uh, brood over you, I think would be the word, like the Holy Spirit brooded over the earth at creation. We just pray over you and get you a miracle. If you need a word from the Lord, we've got people that flow and function and the gift of prophecy and they'll help you there too we're so glad you came tonight let me close and bless you father thank you for what you've done bless your people cause your face to shine upon us lift up your countenance towards us lord be gracious to us keep us and give us peace and let us not waste one more moment of time in jesus name amen god bless you we love you we'll look forward to seeing you Eat the scroll and all the different things we do. God's on the throne. The devil's been defeated. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.